Well, my friend, this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Cullen Tate. Cullen, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to do it, George. All right, let's go. Cullen is a serial entrepreneur. He's the owner of and host of eight Airbnb properties. He's a short-term rental coach. He's the author of Host Coach. He is a speaker. I think he's a family man as well. Cullen, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, I do what I do, huh? Well, I guess I can parlay from, uh, you know, I am a short-term rental investor and educator. So I became good at, um, we're talking about Airbnb type properties here. And I do that for the purpose of financial freedom and got excited about doing it for myself. Helped some friends, realized that my processes and systems were repeatable and ended up writing a book about it. I love it. Tell us a little bit about the personal life, sir. Mm, personal life. Uh, so I am married of 18 years, have a son who is in eighth grade, and he's going through that uh, fun process of applying for high schools. He was in a private school, so it's the uh, kind of this whole gauntlet, like very similar to uh, applying to, uh, to colleges without the travel. So we've been uh, really focused this last couple of months on being present for him. And uh, again, that's kind of one of the nice things about being a real estate investor is that we can, you know, stand up from the desks when we need to and, uh, you know, go help him with something or take him somewhere or uh, be present in his life. You know, at eighth grade, we've only got a few more years left before he's off to college. Weird to think about it like that. Right. <laughs> everybody's getting older Colin. it's happening to everybody it's funny there's people who are listening right now who have kids that are probably 18 and above you probably have an edit for that which is like oh you really got to about 16 but till they get in the car yeah yeah i don't doubt that for a second all right so so the promise the desire was i want a little bit of flexibility i want i and the term is financial freedom that gives me flexibility to be able to give my time and attention to other places other than my work. Yes. So I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never had a W-2 job. Uh, I've owned several companies, startups, um, you know, and, and gone through various levels of exit or acquisition with those, you know, and, you know, there was, there was good money to be had, right? So had some nice exits, um, you know, had some nice uh, distributions along the way, but I always had that, you know, busy feeling, right? You leave the office for 15 minutes to get lunch and, uh, you know, felt anxious about it. And when I was 48, I sold a company and I was scratching my head thinking, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to scale up another business. Uh, and I had some real estate that was doing well, some uh, short-term rentals, two at the time, really. Um, and I decided maybe I switch gears a little bit instead of going through the grind of another startup, maybe real estate investing could be a little bit more, um, you know, I always had flexibility, but, uh, really the difference between entrepreneurial flexibility and true financial freedom to really, uh, not be worried about the finances. So that sounds good too. I, I think I, I imagine that, 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 that sounds good to just about everybody. <laughs> um, and so the promise of that very very attractive. What and, and and now you've been able to do it, and you've been able to successfully do it, and you're helping other people to successfully do it. What what are the table stakes? 
what does a person have to have or be able to learn in order to effectively do this? That's a really good question because um, it can be done a lot of different ways. I actually have a presentation on just this, this subject tomorrow um, for people in rural areas. So, all right, at the, let's see if we can unpack this. At the very top, what I do is purchase individual single-family homes, cabin-type homes, and put those on Airbnb. Right. We usually are changing the use case of the home. We're taking it from being somebody's sort of getaway weekend family home and putting it into a full service, you know, high occupancy, short-term rental on Airbnb. So that is sort of the, you know, highest table stake, I would imagine, and highest return. There are a lot of things that people can do if they don't have a home to buy or don't have the capital at the moment to buy a home. There's lots of other creative ways to get involved in the short-term rental hospitality industry, um, including smaller types of properties, be it um, a geodome or a tiny house or an Airstream trailer, right? So less capital intensive. You can some of those things can run from you know thirty thousand dollars down to three thousand dollars. I know um, successful properties that were there's sort of like farm type, a little bit of land. Or people have put up really interesting teepees. Um, there's also there's a couple other things. Um, peop, um, there's experiences on Airbnb. So if you let's say you're a person, let's say you like craft beer and art. You can take people on craft beer art tours of your city. I lived in Athens, uh, Greece a couple of years ago with my family and the uh, uh, there was a wildly successful, very popular graffiti tour of the mm-hmm. city, you know, and, the, and the, the tour guide knew what he was doing and it was entertaining and educational. So there's a lot of ways to get involved in this hospitality. So maybe people are out there thinking, I've heard about Airbnb and yeah, the table stakes was a great way to put that question. Um, but I don't have, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to buy a house or, you know, I don't have the down payment. I know I can get a loan. I don't need $200,000, but there's a lot of other ways to get involved. Got it. And on top of that, certainly money is a massive part of this deal, but how do I know if I'm if 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 I'm wired for it? You're somebody who started businesses and sold them and and done that several times. And I think that it was in a very very technical field. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So the way that you're wired and the way that you like to work and process information, how do you think that somebody is it essential to be wired in a certain way to be successful doing this? I have a clear thought on that. Um, I believe that real estate investors are problem solvers. So if you're the kind of person that's out there that likes to solve problems, uh, uh, you know, just use any example in your life, right? Or you're the type of person that when you run across a problem, it becomes debilitating, right? So are you energized? Can you be a problem solver? Are you willing to be a problem solver? I have a, uh, my, I think it's my father-in-law has a, a wonderful expression. There's two kinds of people in the world, problem solvers and problem identifiers. Mm. And so you asked, you know, what mm-hmm. does it take? I think anybody who can identify themselves as a problem solver can be successful in real estate. That's, that's really funny problem identifiers there's not a lot of value there (laughs) (laughs) but you come on you can i'm sure you've heard it happen there's someone in your life 
thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's no doubt there are. We've all met them. A lot more problem identifiers than there are actual problem solvers. I think that, that makes a ton of sense because I imagine when you were working to put systems and operations in place and juggling lots of different parties, um, that problems are going to come up. Yes. You know, there's a lot of software um, available to, you know, just maybe to point out to people, you know, Airbnb in and of itself has become this great hub for people who are looking for travel or experience to come and uh, discover, you know, a unique property or experience like any one of us could offer. Um, but that's sort of the marketing piece and the, and the financial collections piece. But then you're right, there are other operational pieces um, and there's great softwares that we use to um, help us price our listings on an automated basis. We use something called Price Labs. Uh, there's other people might be thinking also about you know, you know the time interacting with the guests and there's some really great um, guest automation um, automated messaging software that we use called hospitable that really handles about 90% of the communication. So sometimes people say, I don't know if I have time to talk to all these guests. Well, about 90% of that rote communication can be automated um, with software. So those are things that people, you know, new to the industry might not uh, be aware of. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. It, it always strikes me that um, when you're moving people in and moving people out, you need to make sure that the house is getting cleaned and the laundry is getting done, the dishes are getting washed and all that. And well, simple, you know, when things are moving around, then things get dropped or whatever. And that's where the problem solving probably needs to come in. Um, yeah, perhaps, you know, again, there's a pretty simple solution that we use a set of Google Sheets. Um, and housekeepers go to have it on their phone and they check it daily. You know, the problem solving is more like, you know, it's not the operational stuff. It's the things that come outside the operational stuff like, oh, there's no hot water today or the power's mm -hmm. out today or there's a leaky something or, you know, we had a uh, we have a padlock on, on a back shed to a place of ours, um, you know, guest area, locked guest area. The padlock stopped working and a padlock stopped working. <laughs> You know what I mean? At first, well, you know, let's recheck the number, you know, uh, you know, the, the the code, maybe the guest's doing something incorrectly. Now send the handyman out. No, the padlock's not working. So, you know, maybe it's seized up. It's outside. Um, but that's the kind of problem. Like, okay, get, am I going to freak out or can I make a plan and make a phone call or two to get somebody to replace a padlock and gain access to it for a guest amenity? That makes a ton of sense. It is the unanticipated things that are tricky, not just the regular things. Got it. Yeah. So if you're the kind of person that can, you know, handle those things and pick up the phone and solve problems, then you're you're, you're wired correctly for the. Got it. The Fair enough. And as interest rates are going up and home values are going up, and then they're going to go down, and then interest rates will hopefully come down which I have no idea what's actually going to happen with the housing market and the financial markets and all that stuff. How do you think about that as you look forward? I think about that as from a long-term perspective. So my pace is to acquire about two properties per year. That's sort of the comfortable level for uh, our family. Some people say, well, gee, you're doing really well at that. Why don't you go out and do four a year? Uh, we did three one year and it wasn't fun. Right? It, uh, it was really unhealthy, unfun, took the joy out of it, detracted from financial freedom. So that's our pace. And I know that, you know, 
I've bought some low, right? I've bought some high already. Um, and I think, as you said, they're coming back down. So as long as you are thinking about this in a longer term perspective, that things are going to go up and things are going to go down. I think they say that in the markets, right? The only way to lose is to not be in the markets, right? You can't time it. So if you can, um, you know, have a, a cycle, you know, a pattern of, and you know, I'm just investing on the way up and the way down and through the troughs and peaks and valleys. Yeah. Going back to that opening sort of conversation and joking about how we're all getting older, um, you could certainly probably suffer from paralysis if you were thinking about getting into real estate investing and doing this, and then all of a sudden interest rates go up and it stops you from doing it. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Well, a year, five years, 10 years goes by, and then you haven't done anything. Right. What's the cost to that, right? You know, and if you look at interest rates, and particularly in the, when we're compa- comparing in the short-term rental model. So if we we're running numbers about buying a condominium to rent out as a long-term, our margins are pretty thin there, right? So easy numbers, let's say, you know, we're going to have a $1,000 mortgage and we're going to have $1,200 in, in rental cash flow, right? That's, that's kind of a thin margin. In the short-term rental, the margins are much higher, right? It's a little bit more like operating a business. So if that mortgage goes from say a thousand to twelve hundred dollars, the two hundred dollar difference in interest difference isn't really going to affect substantially our margins in the short term rental business. Got it. That's I think that that's probably uh, people don't maybe a second level thing that that people don't necessarily take into consideration. So, what are some of the big things that? Um, from your experience personally and then from your coaching where you see, you know, people really aren't looking at this or thinking about it the right way or some of the bigger mistakes that people are making? Um, Like you said, one of the biggest mistakes is the analysis paralysis, right? Where I'm just not going to get started. And I tell people, you don't even have to buy anything. Just, you know, go meet a real estate agent. Right. You know, look at a place online. If you like it, instead of just sitting in your office in your basement, you know, looking at the computer screen, just go out and see one of them. Right. Things happen when you get your put yourself in in motion. So go see a property. If you're interested, if, you, if anybody listening to this is interested in real estate in any way, you know, and you can identify with what I said about sitting in front of the computer, just hit the button and go see a real estate agent and tour a property. Um, you know, start those wheels to rolling. Um what other things do people get hung up on? I think a lot of time when I coach people and they're getting started as hosts, it's a little difficult to separate your emotional attachments to your property, you know, because we do get emotionally invested, particularly, um, you know, when we're picking, when we're outfitting and decorating a place and we're anticipating making it perfect for guests, right? There's a lot of emotional energy that does and should probably go into that, right? That process. I know we do it. My wife and I, when we decorate, we get very excited. We're putting in, you know, unique amenities. And so that's an emotional thing. Um, but when you get the property up and listing, we have to sort of detach ourselves a little bit. Some guests will be grumpy. Some guests might, you know, be insulting. Um, and we just have to put on our Ritz Carlton service, you know, uh, hat and realize that we're boutique hotel operators and, you know, ask ourselves, what, what would the front desk do in this situation? Would they get emotionally upset about it 
or would they, you know, try to put on their hospitality, you know, um, hat, so to speak, and, and handle it that way. So I think detaching ourselves a little bit emotionally from our properties and being professional and putting is the biggest, um, I see a lot of hosts that aren't able to do that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you think that uh, that you'd add that to the table stakes of this is something you need to be able to do is to handle the emotions that you will feel and experience when people are unhappy and they're going to be unhappy. Right. That's a good point. You know, if, uh, you know, if we're trying to give people filters for, is this a good opportunity for them? Right. You know, if you're the kind of person that just honest with yourself and say, yeah, I just can't, I don't take criticism. I don't like when people don't like my stuff. I don't know that I could, uh, you know, separate myself, then uh, maybe we do need to realize that there's a hospitality component to short-term rental investing, um, hosting. That's a little different than, you know, when you're a landlord and you you have a house and you sign a lease with somebody and it's kind of arm's length. um, We are a little bit, we're in more close contact uh, and more vulnerable with our guests in the short-term rental space. I imagine that the more experience you have, the better you get at, at upfront expectations, you can hopefully manage some of those out. Not everything. Yeah. And Hey, I will be honest, you know, I, it gets me every now and again, gets me every now and again, you know, I have to go to my, I can't believe this guy. Why is he doing this? (laughs) (laughs) But as long as I can keep that conversation between her and I, as opposed to, you know, it's okay to let it out. Right. Um, uh, But we we try to not let it out uh, to the guest. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so also have a sounding board so you don't right. directly emotionally respond to the other human being because <laughs> we are. Uh, yes, you can certainly uh, get better at that. But at the end of the day, yes, we are. We are human and we so have our Ritz, responses. The Ritz Carlton guys go behind, you know, back behind the desk into the break room. <laughs> like this MFing person. To- <laughs> Somebody tried a book about that. The back room of the Ritz Carlton. Right. uh, (laughs) Horror stories. Maybe we've got a listener out there that can reach out to you. Yeah, I'd be be interested in hearing some more stories there for sure. So (laughs) I love it. Well, Colin, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, How can people learn more about you? Where can they learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get a copy of Host Coach? Absolutely. Host Coach, the book, um, Financial Freedom through short-term rental investing is available on Amazon. It's an audible and paperback and Kindle format. And if you want to learn more about me and what we do, and you want to reach out, it's uh, website is hostcoach.co. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Colin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of Host Coach on Amazon. The actual physical copy, the Audible, the Kindle copy, go to hostcoach.co and check out all the great resources. Like the Colin's done a great job of organizing the site and laying out the different steps and all the different things that you need to be taking into consideration. And if you've been on the internet, staring at the computer screen, thinking about doing this, take his advice and just get out there and see a property. Thanks again, Colin. Thanks, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.